Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, you know, stuff like that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. A statement-making win for the Green Bay Packers on a snowy night at Lambeau Field. Green Bay emerges with a 40-14 win over the Tennessee Titans. Welcome to Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 1 o'clock. We will take your calls until 1 o'clock here on the Packers Radio Network at 855-616-1620. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join me. Back just fresh off the call, Wayne Larravee joins me from a snowy night at Lambeau Field. Wayne, the conditions looked ripe for football. It didn't appear too windy. It looked like a nice night for football, and that played right into the hands of the Packers' offense. A balanced attack. We saw some great strides from the defense as well. About as complete as you could possibly imagine tonight from the Packers. Yeah, Greg, no sugarcoating this thing. Uh, This was a really impressive performance by the Green Bay Packers tonight against a team that, you know, in Tennessee that had come in uh, in their last five games. They've been over 40 points twice, over 30 points in each one of those games, including a loss uh, to Indianapolis. But um, nonetheless, uh, or a loss to Cleveland, I should say. But nonetheless, uh, the Packers just took this offense and, and really controlled it. And I think, you know, it was complimentary football because it was Green Bay taking that opening drive over five minutes uh you know ball control would be a big um, big factor in this ball game tonight um and and i think that's what the packers were able to do and meanwhile the defense though when it was on the field did the job uh, i mean they brought population to king henry um you know he got his yards got 98 of them but it took him a while to get there uh the only thing they weren't able to shore up a whole lot was ryan Tannehill had a couple of big runs in this game but beyond that i thought they did a great job the pressure on the quarterback um, you know, just two sacks. But you know what? That belies uh, the kind of pressure they brought play to play on Ryan Tannehill and forced a lot of incompletions and a couple of interceptions with that pressure. So uh, I just thought this was um, the most impressive performance by the Packers this year, period. You know, it was a dominant first half, Wayne, but we saw a dominant first half against Carolina. The big difference in the two games is how Green Bay responded in the third quarter. I know Tennessee scored on their opening opportunity, but Green Bay won the quarter 14-7. to That's where they put the game away. A week ago, it's, that quarter is where Carolina just hung in. Exactly, Greg. And, and you know, it, it looked like uh, Tennessee was going to do that, too. And it looked like the Packers were playing with fire. I believe it was 19-14 to 14 after Tennessee scored on their possession in the second half here. And now you gotta, you're got you thinking, okay, the battle's been enjoined. Uh, what's going to happen now? Well, the Packers responded. That was the big run uh, uh, by Aaron Jones, I believe, that set up that touchdown uh, drive. And, and uh, that was a huge answer. It was a very the quickest drive of the night for the Packers, but it was a huge answer. And it, it meant that, hey... The tide is not going to be stemmed to here tonight. There were a few opportunities, uh, Wayne, here for the run game to get going early on. It was a mix of play action. And, you know, Aaron Jones leaves the game for a bit of time. He did, of course, come back. With Jamal Williams out, it just, boy, it really opened the door nicely for A.J. Dillon. And he looked fresh coming off uh, the COVID issue from earlier this year. And, 
yes, when he was drafted, I'm sure we all talked about it. Man, get this guy running downhill in December at Lambeau. You might have yourself something. It was nice to see him fully unleashed. It wasn't just a carry here and a carry there and maybe a catch out of the backfield. No, this this was the leading rusher in the game tonight, the rookie. Yeah, and, and overshadowed <laughs> uh, the king. I mean, you know, uh, Derrick Henry's the best running back in this league. Uh, you know that statistically and every other way. But this kid tonight had the uh, had the better game. And um, you know, the, the interesting thing about it was, yeah, I said to Larry off the air, I think I said, you know, we haven't had a chance to see AJ. You know, we saw a little bit of him in camp. We saw a little bit here and there, backing up in a third string running back is not going to get a lot of carries in anybody's offense. And then he, uh, you know, suffered the. COVID incident and battled that. That was a, that was not easy for him. You know, the COVID virus is, affects everyone differently, and some people it doesn't phase them. Maybe they lose the sense of taste or whatever for a couple of days, and and then they're back at it and they're fine. They're you know, but a lot of people struggle with it, and apparently that young man had some issues with it, uh, but overcame it. It took a while. Um, you know, they kind of held him out for about five weeks or so, and you know, the last week or two he got back into practice. Then he had a carry last. One game for 18 yards, you know that kind of thing, and people are saying, "Well, where's AJ Dillon? Get him, lathered up, get him out there." And and I think Matt was just taking his time with him and, and making sure the kid was was uh, ready to go. And boy, was he ready tonight! Tennessee entered tonight's game one of the leading play action teams in all of football. Green Bay, right there, of course, they like to use the run to set up the pass. Got a talented group of receivers in Tennessee. I, from your perspective, Wayne, I, I'd be curious to know what you thought the weather really did. Uh, or if it affected much on offense at all. But I'm looking at the numbers here, and the Packers' secondary and pass rush needs to be included into the discussion. A.J. Brown, 4 for 43. Corey Davis shut out. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and, you know, 10 pass breakups, okay, so and two interceptions. So they were all over it in that secondary. I thought what what I noticed is, and again, the play action to King Henry, it's hard, if especially if you're on the second line of defense, not to freeze, okay, and and just say, wow, they, they, did they hand it to him or not? Um, but I thought the Packers played their keys very well. And um, the, the, I didn't see people freezing up when Tannehill went to play action. Um, and I saw Tannehill a little hurried with that play action at times as well. And I, I just didn't think Tennessee – they didn't look like the team I've been watching. I watched their last four games, and they didn't look like that team um, at all tonight. And um, I think the Packers had a lot to do with that, Greg. And I, I don't think they they bit on, as the <laughs> scouts would say, they didn't bite on the play action the way uh, Tennessee uh, would have liked them to. I, I don't know what the stat of the game is here, Wayne. I, I'm having a very hard time trying to figure it out. Is it A.J. Dillon's night? Is it the 10 pass breakups? No punts? No penalties? I, I, I'm not sure what really jumps off the page. They all do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was just, uh, I'll tell you, just an impressive performance. And I, I, I don't know where this leads. You know, this is such a week-to-week lead, league, but all for about five or six weeks, everybody's been saying, well, the Packers haven't played anybody. And when they played a winning team, they lost to Tampa Bay. And, and the Packers haven't, you know, and, and you go on down the line with all these games that we talk about taking care of business. You know what taking care of business means? You should win the game. And if you don't win the game, then, you know, <laughs> that's bad. That's real bad. Um, the Packers are winning those games. So some of them impressively, some of them not so impressive. But this was a game tonight that we were supposed we built it up all week, Greg. And we said, hey, this is going to tell you what kind of team you have going into the playoffs. What kind of defense, specifically, what kind of defense are you going to have going into the playoffs? And I think the Packers made a point here tonight. We'll talk more about it coming up uh, after the top of the hour here, Wayne. But just uh, initial thoughts, closing it out against Chicago, 
in a game that it could mean a lot for both teams. It certainly means a lot for the Bears. The Packers, of course, are already in the playoffs, but they need a win and you know to lock up that number one seed to not have to worry about what happens with Seattle and New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's the thing. You know, obviously, the, the New Orleans can't get the top seed because they're, they're, if they tie the Packers, the Packers win the tiebreaker. So it's really Seattle, um, and that's the big factor. Uh, but going to Chicago, I mean, the team I saw earlier today, a lot different than the team. I mean, just the way they're playing, Greg, not the personnel, the way they're playing, they're a much more confident team than the team I saw today. Again, uh, they went down. Jacksonville's lost a ton of, you know, um, one possession games this year they they finally have broken and, and they've been blown out the last two weeks and the bears did them the same favor today but i i think this is a much different chicago team believe it or not than the team we saw um earlier this month so uh it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out but um you know the the packers certainly proved something here tonight 800-990-3776 is uh, not our number. Our number is 855-616-1620. Kept you on your toes there, didn't I? 855-616-1620. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock, Wayne. We're in New Year's week, for goodness sakes. The Packers just blew out an opponent. Why don't you hang with me till 1 o'clock tonight? Just stay there. Get comfortable. You know, just to ease <laughs> got- your way home. I'm going to say goodnight because I've got a long ride home. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. The snow. We, we always appreciate Wayne Larrabee. Drive safe, my friend. We'll hear you next okay, week. you too, sir. When the Bears Take and care. Packers clash we in Week too. 17. All right, that's Wayne Larrabee uh, on the call tonight for the Packers win over the Tennessee Titans. we got two hours. Let's get after this, shall we? 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program, recapping an impressive Packers win. Clinching scenarios. What will it take for the Packers to lock up? the number one seed. What if they lose next week against the Bears? Yeah, we don't want to talk about that, but we want to lay it all out there for you. And that's what we'll do here on the Packers Radio Network. Join us here as we continue on Packers OT. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, you know, stuff like that. It's going to handle itself. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers throws for four touchdowns. A.J. Dillon rushes for two. The Packers' defense holds the high-flying Titans to just 14 points in a 40-14 route on a snowy night at Lambeau Field. Green Bay maintains the top position in the NFC. Welcome back to Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Through December 31st, get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620 is the numbers. If you'd like to get in here on the Packers Radio Network, we will take your calls until 1 o'clock. Wayne Larvey and I discussed how this all broke down. We'll get into the uh, nitty-gritty of the playoff picture coming up here in a few moments. Uh, yes, there is a scenario in which uh, the Packers lose and fall out of the top seed. And uh, I, it just <laughs> with three teams in the mix, 
it, it complicates matters. I'll put it that way. So, no, the, the Saints camp leapfrogged the Packers uh, with that head-to-head tiebreaker. But if you add the Seahawks to the mix, then it gets a little bit more complicated. So we'll get through those scenarios as we work throughout the program tonight. 40-14, to 14, the final, a dominant win, really, from start to finish for the Packers. A couple interesting moments there in the late second quarter and early third, but the Packers able to keep their foot on the gas, scoring 14 third-quarter points, 21 in the second half in total. Uh, and just putting this game away far out of reach for the Titans, who uh, still have not secured a playoff berth, by the way, with a record of 10-5. and five. Let's welcome to the program John in Portland, Oregon. First out of the shoot here on Packers OT. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Uh, the big the big one I want to say is that, you know, having Lindsley back at center, oh, my gosh. And just giving Aaron Rodgers the ability to look around left and right, one and two, and then Dylan, wow, unbelievable. He is everything that he's always been racked up to be. He he he's a phenomenal running back, and he will be. He's going to be a superstar in the league. And the only other thing I wanted to say was that. You know what? The Packers, if if they held Derrick Henry to minimal yardage, which they did today, they showed that they can win in a playoff game. Yeah, controlling the run on a a track that, I, yeah, it was slowed down. There's no doubt about that. It was not. A, it didn't appear to be a very windy night at Lambeau Field. Uh, snow was flying a little bit, but. It didn't seem to affect any of the balls that Aaron Rodgers was throwing. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has a, a pretty good arm. More of his passes were disrupted by pressure uh, as I'm watching this game. Just two sacks for the Packers on the night, but all sorts of quarterback pressures made life difficult for Tannehill. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Derrick Henry he finds a way to get right around 100 yards, but he never really broke a big one. I mean, his long run was 10 yards. I, that is manageable. Um, 156 yards total for the Titans. 55 of those came on a touchdown run. I'm not going to take that away. It happened. You could see what Derrick Henry does. The defense collapsed on Henry on that short yardage play, and Tannehill just you know took it on his own on a, on a read option play and ran right into the end zone. He's got some wheels. So, yeah, the overall numbers are skewed a little bit because of that, but if you're looking at just Derrick Henry's numbers, 4.3 a carry against that cat, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, and and they did not run clock with Derrick Henry. I think that really stands out tonight. The time of possession heavily favored the Packers, 36 minutes. And it, you figured that that was going to be how the Titans would win the game, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline for more than 30 minutes of the night. And would the weather be an assist to the defense? Would it be an assist to the offense, right? Would it be a problem to try and move the ball? Well, it really wasn't. For the Packers, I, it was remarkable to watch how efficient they were on offense with 234 yards, officially. Uh, we'll call it 237. Tim Boyle charged with negative three yards rushing on the kneel downs. That's not fair. And 231 through the air uh, in a very workmanlike performance from Aaron Rodgers. 21 of 25. He was sacked one time. It came out of fourth and three, so don't get me wrong. That was points off the board for the Packers at a time where it felt like we'd like to get a couple more points on the board here before the half, uh, and Titans were able to move down the field and score a touchdown. But by and large, uh, this offense did whatever they wanted to against a defense that came into the game very low 
ranking in terms of sack totals. But the Tennessee Titans also possessed, coming into tonight's game, the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Uh, The Packers were third for what it was worth. So you thought maybe just maybe this will turn into a shootout. Well, it didn't. Packers had their foot on the gas. Tennessee was uh, squelched by turnovers. And overall, just a a fine performance by the Packers, including 10 pass breakups, which is a a remarkable total in tonight's game. Overall, very impressive. Uh, Maybe the most impressive win of the season. Comes at a great time against a playoff-caliber opponent. And some momentum leading into the final week against the Chicago Bears, a game, if the Packers win, they will be in the playoffs. The Bears are trying to fight their way into the playoffs as well, so plenty will be on the line in Week 17. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us as we recap tonight's game. 40-14 the final. The Packers improved to 12-3, 7-1 at Lambeau Field. Jack joins us next from Freedom. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Jack. Hey, how's it going? All right, thanks for the call. What do you got? Um, After tonight's dominant performance over the Titans, I think it was obviously our most complete game that we've put together. And I just wanted to get your opinion on how we can use this in our defense, finally looking good, and how we can use this to secure home field advantage and how important home field advantage is going to be for the Packers throughout all the playoffs with weather conditions that favor us. I am a big proponent, Jack, that the fewer obstacles in your way to the Super Bowl, the better. So I am a big fan of a bye week. Absolutely. Two games versus three, yes, you can have the rust conversation and, and things of that nature, but uh, to me, the fewer hurdles in the way, the better. Uh, but the Packers' win tonight, it didn't really do anything. It didn't change anything. There are other teams still in position to strike if the Packers stumble. The Seahawks and Saints are both still alive to be the top seed in the NFC playoffs. The Packers are in that position right now with a one-game advantage. So I, what the momentum out of this game, yeah, you carry it forward to Week 17. It's you know, probably easier said than done. It's a division rival. Great. It's on the road. Not going to be great weather, you would expect, in Chicago. But one of your primary goals before the season is there for you. It's there for you. And that's to lock up the only buy in the NFC and have the road to the Super Bowl run through Green Bay. That's all the motivation you need, regardless of opponent. That is all the motivation you need. And if by doing so you knock a division rival out of the playoff picture, hey, great, that's the icing on top. So I'm not looking for a letdown after an outstanding performance. Yeah, we see that from time to time. Coming off a high-flying primetime game, everything is clicking, everybody's talking about you, saying all the right things, and then you go lay a clunker the next game. Well, with what is on the line, or what could be on the line for the Packers at 325 Sunday of next week, there should be plenty of juice going into that ballgame. Plenty of juice. Got to build on it. Tonight was great, but it is a week-to-week league. There's no doubt about that in the NFL. Tyler joins us from Wanakee. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Greg. Love the show. Um, There's a ton of things to talk about. It was a great win, and I don't want to be negative. And one thing that I thought was really cool was the third and one play call, play action to EQ in the end zone. I mean, 
AJ was running all over the field and we throw it to him. That was really nice. But the big thing that I called in for was A-Rod and the press. It just seems like everybody in Green Bay talks about, oh, we drafted Jordan Love and think they're going to move on. And A-Rod goes to the Pat McAfee show and talks about, oh, yeah, it just seems like there will be a short future here for A-Rod. And my opinion is, is we should keep him as long as we can. He can play until he's 50, in my opinion, and I would be in love with it. So what, what are your thoughts on that, Greg? I, Tyler, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know what's going on in the mind of Brian Gutekunst. They obviously traded up to draft a quarterback they feel really good about. Looking at some of the other draft picks, A.J. Dillon really showed up tonight. Rashawn Gary had a hell of a game. So did Darnell Savage. So uh, been some pretty good picks in the last couple of years by the Packers GM. The top pick isn't going to see a down at all this season. He's not going to play. He may not play a down next season either, uh, though he likely will have the benefit of a preseason. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. I'm enjoying this ride. I'll tell you that much. And I'm sure Aaron is too. Cole joins us next from Michigan. Welcome to Packers OT. Hi, Cole. Hey, Cole, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? All right. What do you got? No, I just, you know, we were watching the game, obviously, and our biggest thing that, well, my father-in-law, we were watching, and, you know, with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, you're up by three touchdowns, and they're still in the game with four minutes left. And that's just kind of... You know, why, I guess, is the question. You know, you look at Bruce Arians in Tampa, Tom Brady plays two quarters, and they sit him down. Obviously, they want a fresher playoffs. You know, what if Aaron Rodgers drops back in the pocket and he rolls an ankle? Devontae Adams is reaching out for, you know, a 30-yard pass. You know, he bowls a shoulder. I mean, why risk it, I guess, is my question. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And it's it's a topic of conversation anytime there's a blowout one way or the other. Um I don't know how much input Aaron Rodgers has in that. I'm sure he likes to be on the field. Uh, if I look at their final drive, it was a, let's see, a nine-play, 91-yard drive. So that drive started with 8.27 left on the clock, and it took six minutes off. So, I, I mean, I get it. They, they had a lead, but they were also starting at the nine-yard line, which is you know, maybe not the territory you want to stick Tim Boyle in. And they ran the ball seven times on that nine-play drive. So I get it. Uh, you got down near the two-minute warning, and that was it, right? I mean, it, but you took over with eight minutes left. It was uh, let's see here, carry the one thirty-three to fourteen. I get it. I get the question. Thankfully, it was not an issue. It was primarily running uh, and not passing the football. Uh, Aaron Jones was a little nicked up. Jamal Williams was not available, so there wasn't much in terms of running back. So yes, AJ Dillon had to be on the field at that time. Um, I think it had more to do with 8.27 left on the clock starting at the nine-yard line. And then the drive finished in the end zone. If they go three and out there, you probably see Tim Boyle on the field with uh, maybe four, four and a half minutes left to go or something like that. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it, but I get your point. It it always is something you'll look at and wonder. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors. Very impressive performance by the Green Bay Packers. So what are all the scenarios that will afford the Packers an opportunity to be a number one seed? I think you know the big one, right? Beat the Bears. But what happens if the Packers stumble? 
Oh, it's an interesting web the NFL weaves when it comes to playoff tiebreakers. We'll get into that coming up on the other side and get back to your calls as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers Insiders, weekdays at 320. Mark Tauscher. When you close out a team and you hear the Go Pack Go chants on an opposing field, I always thought that was really cool. News Radio WTMJ. Single back offense, Rodgers under center. Two tight ends left side of the line. Quick toss to Monte right side. Stiff arms his way. Diving end zone. He's in for the touchdown. Stiff armed his way around a Dory Jackson. Five-yard touchdown, Devontae Adams, and the Packers on the board first. One of three touchdowns for Devontae Adams in the Packers' 40-14 win over the Tennessee Titans. Greg Matzik with you on Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I am Tardy Affiliates for a network station ID. Let's break 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. Breaking news, weather and traffic, 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here, we'll take your calls until 1 o'clock as the Packers improved to 12-3 and with a 40-14 to win over the Titans. So here's the deal. We have uh, boiled down to Week 17, and even though the Packers won tonight, maintain a one-game advantage over the Saints and Seahawks for the top seed in the NFC, they have not yet locked anything up. Uh, the Saints and Seahawks are still alive, believe it or not. And it's because there are three teams in the mix. So if the Packers and Saints end up with 12-4 and four records, well, the head-to-head tiebreaker goes Green Bay's way. There you go. Seattle losing today would have been a great thing for the Packers. Green Bay would be the number one seed had the Rams knocked off the Seahawks. That didn't happen. So, in effect, it, it left the Seahawks and Saints in the mix because you, you get into these very strange and bizarre tiebreakers and you start clicking down the list from head-to-head to best one-loss percentage in games played within the division to best one-loss percentage in common games, games in the conference, strength of victory, strength of schedule, and that's where it gets a little hairy for the Packers. So uh, if I'm understanding this right, if the Packers were to stumble next week and the Saints were able to beat Carolina, Seattle's able to beat San Francisco, then you have three teams with equal 12-4 and records. And then you start looking at strength of victory and strength of schedule, and it doesn't favor the Packers. The NFC North is... Not been that great this year, unfortunately. Uh, so I, you, you hope it doesn't get to that, obviously. Um, you're talking about halfway down the list in the world of tiebreakers if you have three or more teams in the mix. That could happen. That could happen next week. So I, the simplest way to get in, beat the Bears. Knock them out of the playoffs. Advance as the number one seed. Have a first-round bye. And have the road to the Super Bowl route through Lambeau Field. So I, take care of business. A week from tonight, and there you go. Then the Packers will be the number one seed. Uh, it's a headache, man, sorting through all this stuff. I'll tell you that much. There's so, so many. I mean, it gets down to number 12. That's a coin toss. The final tiebreaker is a coin toss. Prior to that, it's best net touchdowns in all games. 
<laughs> like you really get down into the minutia here. Let's hope it doesn't get down that far. Don is in Rockford joining us next on Packers OT. Hello, Don. Hello. Good evening. Great victory tonight. I was uh, I was so impressed with the Packers defense. They that five. I I, I guess I've missed it. They they had to have played it at some point in the season. But that you know the five line in with the six defensive backs. I, they just took it to Derrick Henry tonight, and I was just uh, I was in heaven in the first half, and then they I looked like they backed it off a little bit in the second, but. You know, the defense is just getting better and better, and it's been fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just a big fan of the defensive line. And, you know, Dean Lowry early in the year, he was just kind of quiet, taking up the double teams, not doing much, and that kid's come alive, you know. And I, I'm just uh, – it's just fun. It is so much fun. And I think they can they can literally – parallel this over into the Bears and take out Montgomery just like they did Henry tonight. And, you know, hell, I'll, I'll, I'll take it any time when you can have Mitch Trubisky pass us down the field and you know, <laughs> try to beat us with the pass. I, you know, he was Zaire and, you know, Amos, they, oh my God, the guys are just, they're just really coming into it. Now I'm so excited and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Had a good time watching the game tonight. Yeah, and really nice to have this game be played on December 27th, right, Don? I mean, if this were week three of the regular season, we'd look back on it and say, that was a nice win, but to have it <laughs> one week from the end of the regular season, right? I mean, timing is everything, right? And this is a very important yeah. win at a very important time. Oh, it's huge. They're just they're just ramping up. They're ramping up. That defense is getting I, I'm just in I'm just happy. I you know, obviously anybody any defense in this league can use some improvements, but oh my god, they got the you know, the defense is the secondary is playing great. Um, you know, obviously they give up some passes here and there, but you can't cover everybody like the glove all the or a blanket all the time, you know, but uh yeah, they just they seem to be picking it up. I'm I'm looking forward to the playoff run and yeah, I I the Bears have, you know, they've gotten on fire here a couple of games, but uh I yeah, I think they're I hope to God they meet their match next week. <laughs> well, and and you're right. I mean, it, 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 to the Bears credit, they have scored 30 plus four games straight. I mean, that's not an accident. That that's pretty impressive. That's a, including a 30 to 27 win over the Vikings. So, uh you're right. They're playing their best football at the right time, and, and they've kept their season alive by rattling off a few wins here. Uh, meanwhile, the Packers will have come off arguably their best performance of the season with plenty to play for. So there will be plenty on the line uh, a week from tonight at, at Soldier Field. I, I, I was most impressed with the Packers' ability to not stop Derrick Henry, but to not let any other facet of the Titans do damage. It's one thing to say, we are going to gear up. We are going to stop the run. We are going to throw bodies in the box. We're going to get Kamal Martin, the rookie inside linebacker, as an edge on the line of scrimmage just so we have another body there and just present a wall in front of Derrick Henry. Uh, If you're watching the TV broadcast, you always saw eight or nine bodies, green shirts, in the first two levels of the defense. And that was all by design to try and stop the run because if Derrick Henry starts to Get into the secondary, that's a problem. That That's a win for the Titans. He's a big bruising back, and he ain't easy to bring down. You need your bigger bodies to help get him down the ground. Uh, to me, Mike Pettin was saying, all right, we're not going to be shy about blitzing. We're not going to let Derrick Henry beat us. We're going to load up. We're going to stop him. We're going to put Jair Alexander on a pass-catching threat, 
and make Ryan Tannehill and, and Corey Davis beat us. And Corey Davis was shut out. No catches, no receptions. I think targeted just one time tonight. And 10 pass breakups for the Packers' defense. That, that is an incredibly high number. That's incredible. Two interceptions, 10 pass breakups, couple of sacks, but the pressure was pretty consistent all night long. And zero penalties. Yeah, the 40 jumps off the page, and Rodgers' numbers were great, and A.J. Dillon, my goodness, that was a wonderful night. And Adams just continues to shred opposing defenses. But how about the zero, as in zero punts and zero penalties? In a snow globe game at Lambeau in December? That's impressive stuff, man, I'm telling you. That is impressive. A great win tonight for the Green Bay Packers. Really no other way to put it. The, the numbers are staggering, really, in the Packers' favor uh, up and down the board. Uh, it's a very potent offense uh, in Tennessee. They came in leading with uh, over 31 points per game, tied with the Chiefs, the highest-scoring offense in the NFL. The Packers just a, a shade behind them. Uh, in fact, I think Green Bay is now the highest-scoring team in the NFL with tonight's 40-burger. Uh, but that was a team that has not been held under 30 with regularity all season long today. Held to a little less than half of their average. 855-616-1620. Got an open line for you if you'd like to join us here on the program. Clinching scenarios are starting to come into form here as uh, the NFL approaches Week 17. If you missed it from earlier, the Packers and Bears will kick off at 325 in Week 17. 325 will be the kick. Packers and Bears next week and uh no surprise the seahawks and 49ers will also kick off at 325 let's see the new orleans saints play the carolina panthers my guess is that will also be a 325 game we'll see what the nfl schedule makers have done with that yes indeed a 325 game why do they do that well the nfl is smart all the teams that have something to play for they look at the saints they look at the seahawks they look at the packers and say yep they all got a shot here to be a number one seed Let's put them all on the field at the same time so it's not a competitive advantage or disadvantage for any of the teams. Not going to rescue your starters, not going to play tricks, not going to watch the noon games and know what happens before you take the field. Each of those games will kick off at 325 on January 3rd. 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers takes play action, lots of time. Lofts right side of the end zone. Touchdown! EQ wide open. Equinemius St. Brown with the touchdown reception. They beat Desmond King. First touchdown catch for EQ. This season, Sargento donates $2,000 for every touchdown to fight hunger through Touchdowns for Hunger, benefiting Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Quite a donation tonight, $10,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger to fight hunger in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. So after further review, let's take a look at the tiebreakers, shall we? So if three or more clubs are deadlocked at the end of the season, tiebreaker number two, this is where it gets a little interesting. The, The best one loss tied percentage in games played within the division. 
within the division. If we look at the division standings right now, the Packers are 4-1 and one in the division. Seattle is 3-2 and two in the division. New Orleans is 5-0 and oh in the division. So if the Packers were to lose next week and New Orleans were to win, Green Bay would fall to 4-2 in division play. New Orleans would improve to 6-0 in division, uh, division play. That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, once you get down a little bit further, uh, the one-loss uh, percentage in games played within the conference would also work against the Packers because New Orleans would improve to 10-2 and two in the conference, while the Packers and Seahawks would be 9-3. and three. So I, you start getting down here, and it, there are some scenarios that uh, aren't pleasant to think about, but really the Packers, if they take care of business against the Bears on Sunday... None of that stuff matters. Uh, it's all about the Packers as the number one seed in the NFC, something Aaron Rodgers would absolutely love to have the opportunity to be. Pat is in New London joining us next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Pat. Hi. I was just wondering, oh, for, first of all, I just hope they kick the snot out of the Bears next week. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm a huge Pack fan. I was just wondering, um, you know, I hear a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers and love and this and that. Well, you know, the way I see it, why, you know, we had Brett Favre for umpteen years, and Rodgers was behind him for a number of years, and we went from one great quarterback right into another great quarterback. You know, I'm thinking it's because he got to watch Brett play and learn and, you know, you know, pick up things. It's almost like he's, he's playing in the NFL. I don't understand why they don't do the same thing with Love. Everybody, well, you know, they draft him in this and that, and they don't even use it. Well, give the man a chance. You know, quarterback is not something you can just jump in and know how to play. So I was just wondering what your thoughts on that were. I, I don't know what the future of Jordan Love in Green Bay is going to be. I hope it's a bright one. hope it's a brilliant one after more years and more Super Bowls of Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. Uh, the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon because, in my opinion, they like the option or idea of having a more seasoned player in year number two than throwing a rookie into the situation after this coming off season, where Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams will be unrestricted free agents. Right? Why not get the feet wet of a guy, get him into the system, and then maybe turn him loose in year number two if you don't think both are going to be back? If, if Jordan Love follows a similar path to Aaron Rodgers, who followed Brett Favre, and it leads to 20 more years of great quarterback playing Green Bay, kudos to the Packers, because that will be an unprecedented run in the history of the NFL. Carl joins us next in Wisconsin, Butternut, Wisconsin. Didn't know we had one of those. Hi, Carl. You're on Packers OT. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to say that uh, I enjoyed the game tonight. I noticed that uh, A.J. Dillon kind of reminded me of James Starks back in the 2010 series when he uh, kind of snuck up on the whole league and he was kind of the Packers' secret weapon heading into the playoffs. I wanted to know what your take was on that and if you saw the same thing I did. Yeah, it's a similar uh, – I, I get what you're saying, Carl. I, I think they're a little, a little bit different uh, in that A.J. Dillon, I think, is a, a more natural receiver than James Starks. Um, they're both fall forward kind of running backs, but Starks came out of nowhere and was just a, a spark. Um, I, he was a, a highly regarded prospect in Buffalo until he 
had some injuries, and that really kicked him down uh, to the later days of the draft, and the Packers snatched him up and uh, didn't really have much of a role. And then I think it was a game against maybe San Francisco where he came out of nowhere for you know 70-plus yards of rushing, and you thought, okay, I got something here. That's interesting. Um, the Packers' ground game as a whole is in better shape than it was that year that James Stark sort of popped out of nowhere and and uh, helped uh, assist the Packers. I remember guys like Dewan Harris and you know finding Ryan Grant uh, again and bringing him back into the fold. There were some situations where the Packers needed some assistance, needed some help. That's not really the case this year, although A.J. Dillon could certainly provide a boost at a time where, hey, the more running backs you have, the better, especially if Jamal Williams' injury lingers a little bit. Um, the Packers could have the benefit of a bye week, so maybe the entire backfield is healthy. But A.J. Dillon earned himself some carries tonight. He earned himself some more carries next week and maybe even in the postseason. You ride your stars. I'm a firm believer of that. You ride your stars regardless of the sport. And Aaron Jones is uh, he's the Pro Bowl back on the roster, and they will ride him. I guarantee you he'll get his 20 touches. Tonight it was cut a little short because of a, a something that flared up. He ultimately came back into the game. But we got a chance to see more of what the Packers saw in A.J. Dillon when they drafted him in the second round. That was fun to watch tonight. 124 yards, his first two scores as a professional in the NFL. Nice night for A.J. Dillon. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Slot left, slot right, snap, Tannehill, shotgun, blitz on, they pick it up, he throws it over the middle, intercepted, intercepted down the left side, Darnell Savage, and down he goes, inside the 40-yard line, inside the 30, near the 27. Through December 31st, get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Impressive performance by the Packers' defense. Darnell Savage has four interceptions in his last five games. So coming on at the right time here for the Packers in a secondary that had 10 pass breakups tonight in a 40-14 to route of the Tennessee Titans. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on Packers OT. I'm Greg Matzik, taking your calls until 1 o'clock. Let's uh, talk to Alex in Star Prairie on Packers OT. Hi, Alex. Um, hi, guys. I just got uh, three quick questions. One, do you think the Packers will beat the Bears next week? Because I think they will. Uh, two, do you think that Aaron Rodgers can and will win the MVP, because I think he can, but I'm not sure he will, but I honestly think he should. And three, do you think that LaFleur can win the uh, Coach of the Year, because I'm not sure if he will, but honestly, after if he wins next week after you know the first two seasons he's had, I don't understand how he could not win Coach of the Year in at least one of those first two seasons if he goes you know 26-6 and six in the regular season, so um, just those three things. That's all. Thanks a lot, guys, and go Pack Go. Appreciate the phone call, Alex. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is the clubhouse leader for MVP. Four weeks ago, I did not. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a three-interception game, and I think Aaron maybe pulled even or maybe took a slight lead at that point. Uh, I do think he is in the lead. So Aaron had, uh, let's look at his numbers tonight, uh, 21 of 25, four touchdowns, very impressive. 128.1 quarterback rating. So what is that, 10 games with a quarterback rating of over 100? 
the last time Aaron Rodgers did that, he won an MVP. The last time Patrick Mahomes did that, he also won an MVP. So I, the, the numbers are there for Aaron Rodgers. There's no doubt about it. It's just a, a masterful performance tonight. Uh, so, yes, I do think he is the clubhouse leader. Uh, Coach of the year, if we want to get into that kind of stuff, sure. Yeah, 13-3, and three, number one seed. It's a fair bet that you're in that discussion. You certainly belong. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else who jumps out. Uh, maybe Sean Payton in New Orleans, given that they've had to rotate their quarterback situation, playing without Michael Thomas. Right? I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into the discussion. Uh, I think they would both trade those awards to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season, but uh, I do believe Aaron Rodgers will win his third MVP, which would pull him even with Brett Favre in Green Bay, which just is it's simply remarkable, remarkable accomplishment. 40-14 to 14 the final. Uh, it really the best team win, I think, for the Packers this season, considering the quality of opponent. There were some blowouts earlier in the year, some moments where maybe you said, oh, geez, all right, they let this team come back in after a sizable lead. And while it maybe looked a little tenuous at 19-14, to 14, my thought all along was, I, I just don't think Tennessee has enough to stop Green Bay. So if they want to trade touchdowns from here on out, fine. Right? The Packers will win. Go ahead, trade touchdowns. And even when Tennessee was running the ball in the fourth quarter, I, it just became a math problem. A quick strike offense, that's what they were in need of. And they did get in the end zone. I, I get it, right? They scored a touchdown in the third, but were shut out in the fourth. I don't know. I just I, run the ball all you want at that point. When the Packers are up 33 to 14, run the ball all you want, Tennessee. Just keep chewing up that clock. Packers pitching a, a shutout in the first and fourth quarters of tonight's game. One more segment to go here as we round out our number one of Packers OT. We'll continue until one o'clock taking your calls. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Looks it over. Dylan Malone setback. And Rodgers takes quick throw. Right side. Devontae over the shoulder. End zone. It is a touchdown. They beat Adoree Jackson with a gorgeous little rainbow into the right corner of the north end zone. And Devontae Adams was the pot of gold. If you want to give yourself an ulcer before the new year, decide to uh, engage in a conversation on the tie-breaking procedures uh, in the NFL. This is a complicated mess. Just beat the Bears in Week 17, and they won't have to worry about all that much. But uh, this will all sort itself out. I, you know, some of the tiebreakers, like a you know division record and so on, you know that that pertains to two teams in the same division, right? So the Saints, the Seahawks, the Packers play in all different divisions, which complicates the whole process. Uh, it, it, it will give you an ulcer. It will make your head spin. I urge you to exercise caution if you want to dive into this rabbit hole. And uh, really digest the NFL's playoff scenarios. Beat the Bears? Hey, don't have anything to worry about. You will be the number one seed. Certainly what the Packers will be hoping to do a week from tonight. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's grab Jim in Illinois next on Packers OT. Hi, Jim. Hi, how you guys doing? All right, thanks for the call. Hey, uh, yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller, at least the first time in about six or seven years. Uh, what a great game. It was great to see uh, the whole team play uh, 60 minutes of good football. 
And I was amazed with no penalties. I had to pinch myself. I couldn't believe there were no penalties. Very proud of the defense. Loved how they swarmed to the ball. Uh, loved how they stopped the receivers. Uh, you know, if they can't, uh, you know, they got to take care of business against the Bears. Heck with his tiebreakers and all that stuff. Just beat the Bears. And if you can't be psyched up for the Bears, your biggest rival, then you don't deserve to to do anything. But what? Uh, so there shouldn't be any letdowns. What I was wondering is if anybody realized, and, and I did at the time when Jones did his long run, where he stepped out of bounds and uh, wasn't seen, and the Titans didn't get a chance to challenge. Did anybody think about if he would have scored a touchdown on that, it would have been reviewed, and it would have been brought back to where he had stepped out. Uh, that's all I have to say. You guys do a great job. Oh, also, uh, I, I was very proud of Lindsley. What a great job he did coming back, and it'll be great to get uh, Swerve and Irvin back. So that's all I have. I'll just listen to what you guys have to say, and great show. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Jim. Uh, the Packers, by and large, are, are a pretty healthy team right now, and that's a great thing. Uh, in fact, this has been pretty remarkable. Uh, yes, guys have been in and out throughout the course of the season. That's going to happen any season in the NFL. But two years into the Matt LaFleur era, you're, you're not looking at it from a health perspective saying, wow, is this team snake-bitten? There, there's something up with that. that. That's a big deal. That's a good thing for the Packers. The healthiest team with the best quarterback, well... Oftentimes, they find themselves holding the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season. Uh, so Corey Lindsley coming back allows you to have your best five offensive linemen on the field, even though the Packers' offensive line, I think, has been remarkable all year with the shuffling. You like to have your best five on the field. Now, Rick Wagner did leave tonight's game. He's had a nice season uh, on the offensive line, so they did have to shuffle a little bit. We'll see how serious of an injury it is. But by and large, this Packers' offensive line has done a great job keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. He was sacked one time tonight for a loss of 17, and and it came at a bad time, to be honest. It was a fourth and three. Can't take the sack there, but Rodgers really had nowhere to go. Uh, Very few breakdowns by the offensive line, and and the numbers really suggest it was a a dominant night in the trenches. As for the Jones touchdown, you're exactly right. So He steps out at the 43-yard line. If he reaches pay dirt, all scoring plays are reviewed, and they focus in on Aaron Jones' left foot stepping on the out-of-bounds line. And that thing is, is pulled back to the 43. Now, who knows what happens? Maybe the Packers score again. But at the time, it's 19-14. to 14. So <laughs> the game is certainly uh, you're right there for anyone to take. And it, it, right after Tennessee scored a touchdown. So that was play number one after the Titans scored. And Aaron Jones' 59-yard run that should have been uh, you know, far less than that. And it ultimately set up a, a Devontae Adams touchdown reception. So a three-play, 66-yard quick strike drive in a minute 34. Well, that's a huge sequence. Aaron Rodgers, give him credit for hearing whoever was in his ear. Maybe he saw it himself and, and getting everybody up on the ball. And I think the very next play was a, a negative yard run. Fine, you take it. <laughs> You're at the nine-yard line instead of the 43. So I, that was a big deal. That was a big deal in the game. But uh, you're exactly right, Jim. If Aaron Jones scores a touchdown, that ball is brought back to the 43 because it would have been reviewed. Very interesting point. Mike is in Sparta joining us next on Packers OT. Hello, Mike. 
Hey, good evening, Greg. First off, I love your show. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I was glad I was able to get my call in. Uh, really impressed with uh, Mike Patton's defense tonight, how they handled Derrick Henry. Uh, I honestly feel that the Packers can do that next week with Montgomery and Chicago. Um, everything's going to have to come through Lambeau. Uh, let's bring the snow, bring the wind, bring the cold, uh, because the Packers can handle it. Uh, I've been to games at Lambeau when it snows, and it's just awesome. I just feel bad we can't have more fans in the stands, but uh, we got to deal with this COVID thing, and um, just love your show, and go Pack. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Mike. So the game will be on the road next week uh, at Chicago. Green Bay beat Chicago at Lambeau earlier in the year, 41-25. Uh, just a quick glimpse of what the Bears have done here. Since losing to the Packers, let's see, 41-25, Uh, They lost to the Lions the very next week. That was not a pretty game. They did score 30 points. And they scored, let's see, 36-7, a win over the Texans. 33-27, a win over the Vikings on the road. 41-17 over the Jaguars on the road today. So it's an impressive stretch. That's an impressive stretch of offense. Remember, the offense is what sort of held the Bears back uh, at points throughout this season. They were trying to figure out the quarterback situation. Some injuries, some ineffectiveness. It just really wasn't coming together. Um, but the defense sort of kept them in it early on. And quite frankly, the, the Bears' 5-1 and one start, that, that's a big deal. And that includes a win over Tampa Bay. Like, that that stands out. That stands out. That's why they're in the discussion here. They were able to withstand a, a lull in the middle of their season. Not often you can overcome a six-game losing streak to be a playoff team. It's very possible the Bears could be that, but hopefully not. Hopefully the Packers take care of business and route everything in the playoffs through Lambeau Field after a week off. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. One hour down, one to go on Packers OT. We'll take your thoughts, look ahead to next week against the Bears and potential playoff scenarios. Some incredible numbers from tonight's game. A very much team-oriented win for the Packers over a Tennessee Titans team that is 10-5, and five, but they have yet to secure a playoff berth. It's the Titans in Indianapolis fighting it out for the division, so they had plenty to play for tonight. They just, quite frankly, didn't show up against a, a very talented and game, up-to-the-task Packers team. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We're back after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, uh, you know, stuff like that, it's going to handle itself. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers throws for four touchdowns. A.J. Dillon racks up 124 yards and two scores. Devontae Adams, 11 for 142 and three touchdowns in a 40-14 thrashing of the Tennessee Titans at Lambeau Field. Very impressive performance by the Packers' defense as well, holding the highest-scoring team in the league 
to 14 points. Just two touchdowns scored by the Tennessee Titans on a snowy night at Lambeau Field. A picturesque evening at Lambeau. Beautiful night for football. It appeared not very windy. The passing game for the Packers was unaffected, it appeared. Uh, the Titans, well, more affected by the Packers' pass rush, perhaps, than the weather this evening. Green Bay's ability to slow down Derrick Henry. You can't fully stop the guy. Had nearly 100 yards and uh, averaged over four yards per tote, but uh, he was not an X-factor in tonight's game. He, he, he did not factor in the equation for the Titans. Green Bay was uh, able to run away with this one, building a 19-0 lead and holding on to win. Well, holding on to win 40 to 14. Nice third quarter by the Packers. We like to see that. Before we get back to your phone calls at 855-616-1620, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. Breaking news, weather and traffic 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Football can be a real pain. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin can fix that pain fast. There is a difference. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now through December 31st, get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620. Matt in Monroe joins us next on Packers OT. Hi, Matt. Hi. Uh, Just wondering, given the performance of A.J. Dillon tonight, what do you think that means for the future of Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams in Green Bay? Uh, personally, I don't think they'll re-sign both. Uh, if you have to pick one, who would you pick? Or do you think they can re-sign both of them? Thanks. Yeah, that remains a big question. And look, they drafted A.J. Dillon with the understanding that, uh, in all likelihood, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones would be split up next year in some way, shape, or form. I have no idea how that's going to work out. They're both valuable pieces to the puzzle. Uh, very different in how they attack, but both, you can use almost the same language. Reliable, trustworthy, they pick up the blitz well, they both tend to fall forward. Aaron Jones just has that little bit of burst and explosiveness that that most other backs in the league just simply don't have. So, uh, to me, he and A.J. Dillon are a tremendous complement to one another, as are Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. To me, Williams and A.J. Dillon are a, a little more similar uh, of backs and both very productive and and you, you like the body type and the style but unless you're Derrick Henry I, almost every team around the NFL has two backs at least two backs and, and that's been something Matt LaFleur has had in his previous stops he had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman in Atlanta if you want to go back to his days with the the Falcons and even when he was with Tennessee Derrick Henry was really starting to emerge but uh, you know, they also had a Deion Lewis, a, a guy they acquired to be more of a, a pass-catching threat. And it turns out Derrick Henry just ran away with everything last year um, and was starting to develop in Lafleur's uh, only season in Tennessee. But two backs, uh, the Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, right? They're loaded. You have to have multiple backs in Matt Lafleur's system. So uh, they've got three. Right now, they feel really good about uh, what the future holds. Who knows? Uh, but Aaron Jones did go over 1,000 yards for the second time, second consecutive season, as a matter of fact, uh, just shy of 100 yards on the night. 94 in 10 carries for Aaron Jones with a long of 59. That probably should have been a little bit shorter than that as we all watch the tape. Doug is in Baraboo joining us on Packers OT. Welcome, Doug. 
Uh, good evening, Greg, or good morning, I guess. You know, it's it's all academic now, but I thought it was interesting that, uh, well, first of all, we you know, we miss that extra point with the first touchdown, and right away we get another touchdown in the first quarter, and, and already we're going for the two points, which I thought was, was kind of early. And, uh, of course, we didn't get it, so now it's it's 12 to nothing. And then we got in a situation where we had that field goal blocked, and uh, but there was a penalty, so we actually gained five yards. But then we decided not to kick the field goal, and then uh, that could have been that could have been we had you know another touchdown in before that, but that could have been twenty-two to nothing. So you know it was making me a little nervous because we've had some couple games where we didn't do too well in the second half, and I'm thinking let's let's try to get everything we can in the in the in the first half so i, I just thought the decisions there were, were kind of interesting and and the other thing with jones running down the sideline the referee was right there who knows who knows that that wasn't some snow that he stepped on and maybe it wasn't the the out of bounds and my last point is how about that tackle by amos on one-on-one against henry was the third or the fourth quarter that was Unbelievable. Tonight was a great tackling night, Doug. Thanks for the phone call. I, there were, if I'm thinking ahead, uh, I think Kevin King maybe went high on A.J. Brown once, if I remember right, uh, and Brown was able to, to squeak ahead and end up with a first down. But by and large, it was a, a strong tackling performance against a running back who was not easy to bring down in conditions that were, were not great. It's a little slippery, right? You don't always have as sure a footing. But it, it, it did not appear as if footing was much of an issue tonight. Uh, maybe ask the players tomorrow how their knees feel when they've got the longer studs in the ground. But nonetheless, I, I thought it was a, a clean and crisp tackling performance, by and large, because we've seen some um, some not-so-hot performances throughout the course of this season. Tonight was not one of those issues. Tackling was, was strong. Uh, and your point about special teams, it, it's well taken, because it, it felt like the Packers were dominating this game early on. I mean, really dominating. Yet it also felt like they were chasing. Because at 12 nothing, you look at it and say, man, we were just moving the ball up and down the field. And, you know, the way Tennessee started the game, it's not like they were just, you know, ripping through the Packers' defense. No, they had to punt on, on their first drive instead of kicking a 50-yard field goal or going for it. They were sort of in no man's land. And then the second drive, which came in the second quarter, by the way, uh, resulted in an interception. And then a three and out. I mean, it took a while for the Tennessee offense to really develop any semblance of a rhythm, yet the Packers were only up 12 nothing. I was like, Ugh. so you, you kind of feel like there should have been a little bit more there, and that's why it made the end of the first half and the first drive of the second half, well, that started to put you toward the edge of your seat. And then you saw the issues on special teams, uh, both with the field goal opportunity and Mason Crosby missing a, an extra point. And he thought, if, if, if anything is going to disrupt the Packers' ability to be a number one seed, please do not let it be special teams. That still remains one of those facets of the team you look at and say, boy, you just love to have it not be discussed in any way, shape, or form after a game. Uh, because it's, it's been hit and miss uh, throughout the season. But none of it mattered. It really it didn't matter because shortly after the Titans' second touchdown of the game, first drive of the second half, Green Bay marched down the field in three plays and 66 yards in about a minute and a half and scored a touchdown. And then it was 26-14. to So we all exhaled a little bit, I think, at that time.
855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Jeremy is uh, in lacrosse. Thank you for holding, Jeremy. You're on Packers OT. Thank you very much, Greg. You there? You, you bet I am. What do you got? Okay. Sorry, sorry. I took off speaker. Hey, um, uh, I'd just like to say a big, a big bear week starts uh, in the morning. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my question was, and I think a caller earlier kind of touched on it with Aaron Jones and um, his potential free agency was it is free agency um with aj dylan tonight you look at a kid on the other side of the ball like jair alexander basically shuts down like a quarter to a third of your defensive backfield you know i i how do you feel goody's gonna deal with that he's got to look ahead with what he's gonna have to pay alexander because i'm guessing Kevin King's going to be gone after the year, just my personal opinion. But um, with it, with Dylan today, I mean, how did Aaron Jones changes that offense when he's, when he's moving freely in free space and running it. He's so good. I guess it's just, it, it makes me wonder what kind of money you're willing to, going to be willing to give? Them. I know the salary cap is going to drop next year, and you got to look ahead and you look at a, a money taker like Alexander is going to be. It probably hurts hurts Jones' chances, doesn't it? I, there, there are so many pieces to this puzzle, uh, Jeremy. I, I wish there were I one know. one going to consistent answer to it. Uh, but, I know, but, it. but there's not. I, you know, Corey Lindsley and. The money for David Bakhtiari and obviously what what you're paying the, the quarterback is pretty significant, and I th- that's what stars what stars get right. Stars get paid, yeah. Uh, and, and the Packers yeah, on, on a thirteen and three team, they they've got some t- uh, stars. If they end up thirteen and three, twelve and four, it's not going to make much of a difference. But uh, you're right. I mean, Jair Alexander is a Pro Bowl shutdown corner. He's having an incredible season. And I think we all understand the difference for as, as great as A.J. Dillon was tonight. I mean, that was fun to watch. It really was. <laughs> There's just a different level of explosiveness to, to Aaron Jones and to have them both. I mean, now you're talking about real danger. How do you, how do you plan for that? I, I mean, know. it just... Um, you don't. No, and I, I, I get it. And it, it look, I, I have no idea how the, uh, the Russ Balls of the world, the salary cap gurus, the Andrew Brants of the world... I, it is remarkable how they do their job and how they make it work. I, for me, it usually boils down to if they want you, they'll find a way to keep you. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Got about 45 minutes left in the program. 40-14 to 14, the final. The Packers improved to 12-3, and 7-1 and one at Lambeau Field. Uh, the defense remains pretty sharp at Lambeau by and large. It's been tough to score in Green Bay, and that could prove to be one of those interesting stats you take with you into the postseason. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. And now they get handed off to Jones around the left end, makes the turn, out of bounds, caught down the left sideline, 50. He's still on his feet, caught from behind inside the five. Down he goes. Oh, it's first and goal, Green Bay. 
Tonight's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Toyota Thon is on. It's time to ring in the season with a stylish new ride from Toyota. Gotta hurry. These incredible savings will not last. Toyota, let's go places. Aaron Jones, 59 yard run in the third quarter. To me, that's a turning point of the game because it ultimately led to a touchdown scored by Devontae Adams. His second touchdown, in fact, that was his third touchdown of the night, give him 17 for the year. Uh, But it also, it put the Packers in position after a quick strike score by Tennessee to start the second half. It's 19 to 14, and we're all on the edge of our seat. We're all saying, oh boy, here we go again. Slow third quarter for the Packers. They've been shut out five times in the third quarter. Get off to a great start, and they let a team back in. You can't let a team back in, especially an explosive team like the Tennessee Titans. But following that Ryan Tannehill 45-yard touchdown run, Aaron Jones took the ball on the very next play and ran for 59 yards. Yes, it should have been called back to a much shorter distance, but it wasn't. It was missed. Packers got on the ball, and two plays later were in the end zone. So that was a big swing for me. It took a 19-14 to game in which you were thinking to yourself, here we go again. And just a few plays later, it was 26-14. to And I, I think at that time, I, I really felt comfortable about the victory. I know it was early in the third quarter, but I thought, my, what, what would be the string of events that would have to happen for the Packers to lose this game? Because I just don't see a way Tennessee is going to stop the Packers' offense. I don't see a way they're going to get to Aaron Rodgers, and if you let him have time to cook, he will tear you apart. And he did tonight. And it was really more about the reliance on the run for the Packers and churning out nearly 240 yards on the ground. Uh, But Aaron was clean pretty much any time he had to go to the air, 21 of 25 for his total tonight. So our turning point of the game presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. 855-6 one six one six twenty Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's talk to Kurt in Lacrosse. Kurt, you're on Packers OT. Thanks, buddy. Uh, just a couple observations and a couple of questions. Um, <clears throat> I think it was pretty obvious from, uh, at least from a fan's viewpoint, that we won on the offensive line and the defensive line. Um, and I was just curious, with all the new guys that we put in, that whether or not they really showed up, if they got playtime, uh, Mr. Price and Mr. Rush, and, of course, Kingsley Kiki, uh, how they worked out for us tonight. Because uh, looking forward, going forward, I see us playing Chicago and facing a team that plays like Tennessee, except maybe a little better passing offense. So are we going to continue using a 5-2 against somebody like Chicago in the cold? Uh, and then just a couple of questions. Um, looking at <clears throat> looking at Mr. Dillon and um, uh, Aaron Jones, are we going to ever put those two in the same backfield with thunder and lightning kind of concept? Um, and I guess one more just easy uh, comment. Uh, are we going to uh, keep up with the M- Lambo leap, or are we going to go to the uh, Lambo lift uh, with Mr. Dillon and maybe anybody else that kind of needs a helping hand in the end zone? 
as long as so they're getting anyway, in, I'll say as long as they're getting into the end zone, Kurt. I, if they could use a forklift to get him up, I <laughs> right. I just get into the end zone. Thanks for the phone call, Kurt. Um, there was a time tonight. Uh, I, I have to go back and watch the game to see how often it occurred. But I noticed that Kamal Martin was at the line of scrimmage. The inside linebacker was at the line of scrimmage, almost like an edge rusher position. And you know, to me, that is a sign of the respect they have for Derrick Henry. It's a sign of the defensive game plan. Let's build a wall and try and, you know, string him outside. And then you got a guy like Martin who is fast and physical and can get sideline to sideline. Uh, and then you have to rally to the ball because you don't want Derrick Henry in your secondary. That, that's a problem. Uh, so there were some some interesting looks. Um, I, Mike Penton did not slow down his blitzing. Uh, there was a healthy number of blitzes tonight I saw. Uh, and, and by and large, they worked. Ryan Tannehill was was flushed several occasions from the pocket. Uh, just two sacks, but a lot more pressure tonight is, is how I would categorize it. Uh, I do think the Titans have a better passing offense than the Bears. I will say that the Bears are hot right now on offense. So uh, how that all evens out, I don't know. I, I really don't. I like A.J. Brown and and Corey Davis with Ryan Tannehill better than Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson and you know, whoever else you want to throw in as a number two receiver. I think it's a better passing offense with the Titans. Uh, but they do like to set up the pass with the run. And and no, I, I, I can't knock a team for scoring 30 points or more in four straight games. That's not an accident. Something is going right for the Bears on offense. Uh, and they're going to be playing for everything on Sunday against the Packers. So uh, there should be no let-up. But the way the Packers have beaten the Bears the last couple of times is forced Mitch Trubisky to throw the ball 45 times. That's a problem. Now that's Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky get into some sort of shootout, some sort of gunslinger battle. That is going to be won by Aaron Rodgers. It just will. Uh, And the Packers, I would imagine, would be somewhat substantial favorites for Sunday's game, even though it will be played in Chicago. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's grab Barry in California, up next on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I, You know, I remember, especially after watching tonight's game, I remember what Aaron said after we lost the title game to Atlanta and we lost to the 49ers, and he said, we need the road to go through Green Bay. We need the playoffs to go through Green Bay. It's such a distinctive advantage, mental, physical, everything in between. Throughout this five-game winning streak, I don't think any Packer fan didn't circle this game as the true test of what was going to be in the remainder of the season. And I was so impressed by not only the way the offense showed so many dimensions, the the, the running back situation, um, uh, the offensive line, the receiving core, but more importantly, the defense. You looked at the way the defense played today, and it was just lights out. They gave Derrick Henry his traditional five, six, seven, eight, but they never, ever broke. They never seemed to panic. The, The pass defense was unbelievable. And I think today was a playoff game. I think they wanted to prove, well, they had to win because of the Saints, of course, and the Seahawks. But I think they had to prove that they had to win, they could win. Of course, next week against the Bears, it's the same sort of a thing. So we're hot. We played very good ball today. I think next week, of course, is another must-win game. And then the road to the playoffs will go through Green Bay. And I think the Packers have a very, very solid, very solid chance with both sides of the ball 
to really contend and go to the Super Bowl. I wanted to ask your opinion about that, and I'll take your comments off the air, and best wishes to you and your family for a happy and healthy New Year. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. Yeah, thanks so much, Barry. Appreciate the kind words and uh, checking in from California. Uh, you know, the, the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense. Uh, I don't know that they'll end up in the top five. I don't think they will with one game to play, but that that's not to say a defense can't get hot at the right time. Uh, if you look at that game that ended in Seattle in the NFC Championship game, a game we do not like to bring up too often here on the Packers Radio Network, that defense was lightning hot. I mean, it it and it it showed itself. Uh, that was not about the offense. That was about the defense uh, with Charles Woodson and Pep, and that was an incredible team. And the defense was hot. They picked off Russell Wilson four times. Uh, I don't know where they were in the rankings that year. I'd have to go back and look. But that was a defense that got hot. And if this defense can get hot, great things are going to happen. Because I, I just I don't think there is a team in the league that can stymie the Green Bay Packers offense. Green Bay has been held to 10 points this year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A quick 10 points were on the board, back-to-back turnovers, and Green Bay was out of its game plan and out of sorts. It's just it's not a team that is going to turn the ball over with the kind of regularity required, I believe, to keep them sub-20. You hold the team to 14 points, the Packers are going to win that game. They are going to win that game. So I, what is this? The Packers have scored 40 or more against each one of the division opponents, and now against the Titans. I mean, just 37 against the Saints. I don't know that there's a defense that can shut down the Green Bay Packers. It might be an off day, but I don't know that there's a defense that can shut down the Green Bay Packers. Very impressive performance tonight. 40-14, to the final. Aaron Rodgers, another MVP-type night, 21-25, of four touchdowns. Uh, but A.J. Dillon's going to receive a lot of the headlines, and they will be well-deserved. A battering ram on the field tonight, 124 yards and two scores. Packers... Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Fourth down at the Tennessee 29. Give Dylan picks his way. Right side breaks through, and he's off to the races. He is gone. Touchdown. A.J. Dillon does it. 30 yards, and the Packers lead it 32-14. to 14. Today's hardest working player of the game is presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Buy online at farmandfleet.com. Pick up your items in the convenient drive-thru. You don't even need to get out of the car. A.J. Dillon, the Packers rookie running back, is today's Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Hardest working player of the game. 124 yards, two touchdowns for A.J. Dillon. And uh, he was the bell cow for the Packers tonight with 21 carries. So uh, if you were watching the game, uh, Aaron Jones got the start as per usual. Uh, but A.J. Dillon came in in the first quarter relatively early, got a little bit of run. We've seen that before, and then we don't see much from A.J. Dillon in the second half for whatever reason. Well, with Jamal Williams sidelined tonight, you figured, okay, here's your opportunity. And you thought he might get uh, a, a lather going, get on a couple series, get 10 carries. But Aaron Jones went out of this game. For a brief period of time, long enough, I guess, for A.J. Dillon to stack successes to the tune of 5.9 yards per carry and 124 yards. 21 carries in total with a long of 30, that touchdown run you just heard. So two touchdowns where I thought he was also effective 
Now, I, I must admit, I did not watch him much from the blocking blitz pickup perspective. I, I don't know that there was much of that tonight. That's also a key element. He can run the ball. There's no question about that. He can run over buddies. He can run through people. He, I, whatever. He, he's got it. But the ability to pick up the blitz and to be a trustworthy back for Aaron Rodgers is a critical component of any running back in Matt LaFleur's offense seeing the field. And that's where Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are, are quite good. So I'd have to watch back and see from a blocking perspective what he was asked to do tonight, what he had to sniff out, things like that. I, plain as day, what he was able to do running the football. And I also thought catching the football. He had a couple of grabs for 14 yards um, on the night. I'm sorry, one catch for five yards. So he was able to use his hands a little bit as well. And I, he didn't do much of that at Boston College. He wasn't asked to do much of it at Boston College, but has never indicated that it would be a, a hindrance in his ability to see the field. So it looked pretty complete tonight. Uh, again, I'll have to go back and watch uh, what sort of blocking he was asked to do and blitz pickup. There wasn't much blitzing going on from Tennessee. They couldn't do much of anything with Aaron Rodgers, uh, to be perfectly candid. 855-616-1620. We've got Nancy in Oostburg joining us next. Hello, Nancy. Hi, uh, first-time caller. It was nice to see the Packers actually play a full game where they put the team, the opposing team away in the second half. So many games this season, it seems like they've played well in the first half and then kind of coast in the second half and let the other team catch up. But this game, they definitely put the second half, they just put their foot on the gas pedal and kept going. Yeah, I mean, good to see. some nervous moments, uh, I guess, uh, at the start of the third quarter when Tennessee goes down and scores a touchdown. All of a sudden, it was 19-14. to 14. You were probably thinking that same thing, right, Nancy? Here we go again. Right, I was. I was. But then they really kicked it in and, you know, proved who was a better team. You're right. And, you know, ultimately, the Green Bay did the same thing against Carolina and Jacksonville. It just didn't quite look like this. Thank you for the phone call, Nancy. Appreciate you listening in Oostburg. The Packers have been held scoreless in the third quarter five times. Five. That's that's a pretty lofty number considering Green Bay has now scored eight touchdowns on its opening drive of the game. So the, the, the scripted portion, the here's what we're going to run, the stuff Matt LaFleur puts to paper, That stuff has been knocked out of the park all season long. Eight touchdowns on opening drives this year. That's unbelievable. That's really incredible stuff. But then there's sort of a disappearing act at times in the third quarter. Uh, And tonight it it felt like it was leaning that way at 19-14. to All right, well, the Titans are the Titans. They score 31 a game. They found a bit of a groove at the end of the second quarter. And the start of the third quarter, they were able to double up possessions with touchdowns, exactly what they needed to get back into the ball game, and stick with their game plan. They didn't have to deviate from the run, trailing nineteen to fourteen. They really didn't have to deviate from the run, trailing twenty-six to fourteen. And then it started to get problematic because it turned into a math problem. There's not enough time. We don't have enough time, and we cannot stop the Packers. That's a problem. Uh, But Tennessee stayed within their game plan. In fact, there was a drive in the first half. It was Tennessee's third drive. Came in the third quarter. It was one of two drives in the game that started with a pass. Both of those drives ended in three and outs. So Mike Vrabel was starting to feel like, all right, well, we 
Gonna have to do something here. We might have to push the ball down the field a little bit more. And it was a sack of Ryan Tannehill on first down for a loss of eight. Second and 18, incomplete. Third and 18, a sack, loss of 10. Wow. Done. That drive was done from the start because Derrick Henry didn't see the ball. So they never get that was an indication that maybe we got to change the game plan. And when that was stymied by the Packers defense, all right, let's go back to the run. And they turned out a touchdown drive. 10 plays, 71 yards, leaning on the run, mixing in the pass. So I, the game plan, it, it stayed available for Mike Vrabel well into the second half until it became, as I mentioned, a math problem for the Titans. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. At the 35 at Green Bay, Tannehill gets motion to the left side by the back. Snap to Tannehill under pressure. Hit as he throws the right side. It is intercepted. Christian Kirksey, left sideline. He's across the 40. Brought down near the 45-yard line. Tannehill intercepted for the second time today. Preston Smith all over the quarterback. A reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 1 o'clock, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, two interceptions of Ryan Tannehill tonight by the Packers defense. That is only a portion of the story here. Two sacks doesn't give enough credit to the Packers' pass rush. The hands and fingerprints of Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage were all over this game tonight. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers will certainly stand out from incredible performances. They will be headline grabbers. But the ability of Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, two first-round draft picks from a year ago, I thought was was outstanding tonight. And really, this has been a, a very strong second year, I think, for Gary and a very strong second half of the season for Darnell Savage, who now has four picks in five games. Uh, but you heard the Kristen Kirksey interception there as well. Uh, he also got in on the sack uh, earlier tonight. So I just making a difference, it, making plays count. You get your hands on the ball, you catch a ball. Uh, Savage, I, I think, dropped an interception, too, in this game he could have had. So the the ability to apply pressure to Ryan Tannehill forced him into a couple of bad decisions, and the Packers ended up making Tennessee pay. Following a touchdown, uh, I'm sorry, following the interception by Darnell, Darnell Savage, the Packers went six plays, 34 yards, and 244 for a touchdown to make it 19 to nothing. So cashing in on the opportunity, something Green Bay was able to do tonight in a 40-14 to win. Let's go to Brad in Avoca on Packers OT. Welcome to the program. Hi, Brad. Hey, Greg. First, I'd like to say that I'm, I'm not a real big listener to sports, radio, or TV, but I always catch your show. Love the way you guys, Wayne and Larry, call the game. You guys do the post game. Uh, it's just really great to listen to. So yeah, appreciate I appreciate that. that out there. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, well, my, not really a question, but is there anybody on the offense that you would not feel comfortable getting the ball at any point in any game the way everybody's playing? I mean, just it could be anybody's game. You know, it was Dylan and, then, you know, Devontae Adams, obviously, Jones. Is there anybody that you would feel uncomfortable getting a touch at this point? I you know when Dominique Daphne catches a pass for 13 yards and he's wide open in space, right? You just <laughs> you feel like the scheme and the system 
affords so many different players at different positions opportunities to succeed. That's what I really like about this system, Brad. Uh, we didn't see any of MVS tonight. I'm sure he was on the right. field, uh, but he didn't catch a pass. He wasn't targeted, and it didn't matter. I, that, and, and Tanyan barely had a touch either, did he? Yeah, quiet night for Tanyan, uh, one reception for 17 yards. So, so this was another lean on Devontae Adams in the passing game sort of game. Now, there will be times, and we saw this a week ago, the Carolina Panthers were not going to let Devontae Adams beat them. They, they just were not going to do it. And they tried to take him out of the game, and they did a pretty good job doing so. Green Bay was still able to win. But what I watched tonight, I, I was trying to pay close attention to where Devontae Adams was lining up. He spent a lot of time lined up in the slot tonight, and, and that's really tricky to double-team a guy when he's lined up in the slot. I, there was a time A.J. Dillon was lined up as the wide receiver to the far end of the screen, and Devontae was inside of him. So they got a little creative, I thought, with the formations, but there will be teams that do their best to take Devontae away come playoff time. So you, you, you do have to feel confident and comfortable in, in the complete line of whoever you're throwing out there, but I... I ultimately believe Matt LaFleur does because of what the scheme affords his players to do. And that's find space for Aaron Rodgers to to operate with. So I appreciate the phone call, Brad. That That's what has really stood out to me. This offense is less about winning that one-on-one matchup and four verticals and back shoulder throws, things that require exquisite timing. And when it's done correctly... Man, it is a thing of beauty. It's an indication that the quarterback and receiver, Aaron and Jordy, share the same mind. That is poetry in motion. It was a staple of the Mike McCarthy offense. While it's not totally abandoned or lost from the Matt LaFleur offense, there was a Devontae back shoulder touchdown throw, I think a week ago, maybe two. But it's not the bread and butter. Guys are running in space. They are running free. There was nobody close to EQ on his touchdown. Dominique Daphne out of the backfield, right? Just Josiah DeGuara comes in, he gets injured. Uh, how about the guy from Princeton? Let's throw him in there. Love it. All right, well, he gets injured. Daphne, get in there. <laughs> I just, you never know who's going to catch a pass in a given game. And uh, you got Tavon Austin running the jet sweep motion. Uh, he'll likely continue to do that as long as Tyler Irvin is out. So they've, they've, I don't want to call them gadget guys, but they've got key players who fill key roles at key positions. And that's how you build a good team. Steven LaCrosse joins us next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Steve. Hey, I'm just uh, – finally I got to see Mike Pettin put three defensive linemen down, shut down the run, and I'm just hoping throughout this playoff run that we're going on, which I hope everyone enjoys instead of finding all negatives about it, just enjoy the moment. We're possibly a number one seed, but always we go with the two D linemen, and that's where Derrick Henry found his gaps today and found the run. Could we just, I hope Mike Pettin looks at this game and goes, play three dents defensive linemen, four linebackers, shut down the run, and then put it back on on the secondary. I just I was I was very impressed. I this game 
put more three def- three defensive linemen on the field than any game this season. And um, we'll leave it at that. But finally, we were able to shut down the run. The stats might not say it, but Derrick Henry did not, did not ruin this game. Leave it to you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Steve. A long run of 10 for Derrick Henry tonight. A long run of 10. Uh, The overall yardage totals on the ground for Tennessee look like a Tennessee ground game. 156 yards. 55 of those, or 45 of those, were a Tannehill touchdown. 55 total for Tannehill scrambling tonight. And uh, I'm not going to take that touchdown away. That was a brilliant design play. Sort of a read option. Short yardage situation. And as soon as the ball was put near the belly of Derrick Henry, the Packers defense reacted. And why wouldn't you? It's Derrick Henry. So I thought it was a great read, brilliant play call, resulted in a touchdown for Tennessee. That's a good offense. They're going to score points. But by and large, you saw an active rotation of the defensive line tonight from Mike Pettin. And it was a, okay, Derrick, you beat us. We've got bodies here. We're going to flow to get you down. And you're not going to run into our secondary. We're going to get you down before that with some bigger bodies, guys who can bring you down. That was impressive to see. And with as good a quarterback as Jair Alexander is, you can load the box a little bit, put Jair on the best receiver on the Titans roster, and you saw him quite a bit on A.J. Brown tonight, and say, fine, Ryan Tannehill beat me with Corey Davis. If you and Corey Davis beat us, God bless you, man. Way to get it. That didn't happen tonight. That did not happen at all. So really just strong in all facets of the game. By and large, special teams a little sloppy with the blocked field goal that ultimately was not a blocked field goal, uh, but we all saw it. That still was a breakdown to me. It's a negative play, even though it wasn't an official play. And then a mixed, uh, missed extra point, which is you know, somewhat predictable in conditions as they were, but still unlike Mason Crosby to miss it, uh, given his track record in uh, conditions at Lambeau Field. Pretty solid stuff. Going to be a lot of good game tape review tomorrow. No doubt about that. We will wrap up Packers OT on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap to Rodgers, gift to A.J. Up the middle, fights his way to the goal line, reaching for the end zone. Touchdown! The rookie delivers the dagger! You talk about roadkill, somebody better call the DNR because there's tons of it all over Lambeau Field. (laughs) Now through December 31st, get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Wrapping up Packers OT. Following a 40-14 win over the Tennessee Titans, yes, a, a benchmark game, a statement-making game, whatever you want to call it, the Packers passed with flying colors, offense and defense especially standing out in tonight's win. Uh, in some of the numbers from tonight's game, you thought maybe they would have been flipped just given the way the seasons have gone. Yeah, 156 yards rushing for the Packers, that would have been a pretty good night. 234 yards rushing for the Titans, we've seen that movie before. And the numbers were flipped. 234 yards rushing for the Packers. Really, we're going to call it 237. Poor Tim Boyle is credited for negative three yards rushing with those kneel downs. Uh, But Derrick Henry, 23 carries to get 98 yards. And yes, that's over four yards per carry, but his long gain was 10. So at no point was 
was he just looking to take over the game. At no point was he punishing the Packers' defensive line and secondary and linebackers. It just wasn't the case tonight. So, uh, by and large, just an outstanding job. 121 yards passing for Tennessee, 231 for Aaron Rodgers uh, to go along with four touchdowns on the night. Just four incompletions. Ryan Tannehill was 11 of 24. That is a brutal night. With two interceptions and a touchdown, his best play came on the ground. Uh, scoring touchdown, 50 or 45 yards. So dominant performance, really, from start to finish for the Packers tonight. A couple lulls there toward the end of the first half and an early portion of the second half, but uh, nonetheless, the Packers walk away with this win, just unable to be stopped. So what lies ahead for the Green Bay Packers? Well, a Week 17 contest on the road against the Chicago Bears. I have not looked ahead at the long-range forecast, but it'll be January in the Windy City. Anything is a bet. And for the Packers to be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, it's quite simple. Beat the Bears. You fall into a three-way tie with Seattle and New Orleans. Then it gets a little bit hairy, and you have to start ticking down the tiebreakers. Uh, I will put it this way. A two-way tie between the Packers and Saints is much better for the Packers than a three-way tie between the Packers, Saints, and Seahawks. Without getting into the litany of scenarios and tiebreakers. I mean, this will make you blue in the face. I I will tell you once again, a Packers-Saints tie for the top record in the NFC benefits the Packers. Saints, Seahawks, and Packers end up with the same record. Take that head-to-head matchup between the Packers and Saints and kick it out the window because it doesn't matter. That's where things get weird. Let's hope they don't get weird. Uh, If the Packers do lose, by the way, They'll need the Seahawks to lose to San Francisco. For those keeping score at home, beat the Bears and you are home free. Number one seed in the NFC. I think I put that clearly enough. Greg Hill's our producer tonight, right? Sounds good. I'm getting a thumbs up from Greg. Okay. Yeah, you'll make yourself blue in the face if you try to uh, digest all the different tiebreakers. You get down to coin toss, that's when it gets a little bit hairy. Let's hope that doesn't happen. We are out of time here on the program tonight. Thank you for being a part of our program each and every week here on the Packers Radio Network. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Next time we greet you, it'll be 2021. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to the new year. Why not start it right with a Packers win over the Chicago Bears locking up the top seed in the NFC playoffs? That seems like a good way to ring in the new year, does it not? I'll take it. I will take it. Thanks for hanging out with me. We'll talk again next week. Executive producer of the Packers Radio Network is Ashton Rotman, Greg Hill, coordinating producer, Evan Wittallison, cutting highlights. And thank you, of course, for being a part of our program each and every week. 40 to 14, the final. The Packers improved to 12 and 3 with the win. The Titans fall to 10 and 5 with the loss, still alive for a playoff berth in the AFC. Looking forward to an incredible week 17 of the NFL season upon us in about seven days. Packers football is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network.